0: Hey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awijan? Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Double Twist, to name a few, right? <laughs> Great to be back on board once again today. Hope you all had a Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, all that good stuff. Hope you had a wonderful time. Christmas is definitely the uh, area that I would. Uh, Go into, and of course, Christmas just took place. Hope you did have a good time. Minnesota Wild did turn in a nice victory over the Calgary Flames, but overall, a really weird week. The good news is, though, Minnesota did come out ahead, 2-1 in the three games. So yes, 2-1, but my goodness, I mean, talk about all over the place. Yeah, let's see, 8-5 uh, to five in Arizona, I don't know, 8-5 to five in Arizona, I, I guess. That was pretty crazy, pretty nuts. Devin Dubnik came back, looked a little, rouse, uh, a little rusty, but he was going against a good team. But then the Wilds score eight goals, of course, the last one being an empty netter. Only to come home and get shut out, 6-0 against a Winnipeg team that's got some pretty good players on it, obviously. They're not having the best season ever, but, uh, well, Hellebuck got the shutout, 6-0. And then Devin Dubnik comes back, this is, again, the Winnipeg game. Uh, six goals against all to Alex Daylock. He did not have his best night, but generally speaking, it's not his fault all the way through. Some of the forward play in that game was pretty bad. Oh, my God. I don't know what Stahl was doing on one of them, and I don't think uh, I don't think our buddy uh, Jared Spurgeon, who returned against Arizona, felt the same. Uh, I don't think uh, he would disagree with me on that one, obviously. Uh, Calgary, though, David Dubna comes back and gets the shutout, so only a second game since returning from what was injury and then ultimately a personal issue with his wife and all that crazy stuff going on. Just unfortunate. Um, obviously, you know, illness with his wife. Nothing domestic, obviously. Like like nothing bad, obviously. just Oh, uh, well, I mean, nothing bad in terms of personal issues. More of a health issue, unfortunately. But God willing, she's getting better, and uh, that's good. At least good enough that he can get back to playing again. And he gets the shutout in honor of her against the Calgary Flames. So that was awesome. Minnesota Wild will play the Colorado Avalanche in not a matinee game, but on national television Friday night, the 27th coming up. So here we are Thursday morning talking about a team that's, you know, kind of still hanging around the wild card, little positivity, little negativity, injuries still, Cuevo's still not back. Uh, Jason Zucker officially is out for like four to six weeks, basically a month with that uh, broken fibula. So that's what took place there. Lower body ends up being a broken fibula. Um, Michael Russo allowed to report that one. At least I think he was. <laughs> Originally, they were like, no, 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 don't say anything. Even Bill Guerin, but he was more respectful about it. He wasn't like, who the bleep reported this? Oh, you should all get fired. Who would leak this out? That was Paul Fenton in the past. But, uh, wow, 13 goals scored in one game. Phil Castle got his eighth goal of the year. Again, he was an acquisition in the off season, along with the now Taylor Hall very recently. We talked about him on the last episode. Oliver Ekman-Larsen, who had been quiet, he was able to get his fourth goal of the year unassisted. Ryan Hartman had a pretty good, nice had a pretty nice looking goal also against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. That was pretty awesome. Uh, kind of all by himself on that one. Fifth goal of the season for Ryan Hartman, kind of attacking the basket. Ultimately, Felino and Brodian getting assists, but a nice move by Hartman getting across a couple defenders there. Foligno Chipped it in on a nice little uh, nice little quick dish by Carson Soucy. And Rask also ended up getting the second assist. But uh, good for a lot of these guys. Ryan Donato, nice fake. Nice uh, nice fake. He was going to pass the puck off and ended up just releasing it. And foiled Darcy Kemper, who after starting out things nicely against Minnesota, he's been terrible ever since. He actually was hurt on the seventh goal uh, given up in the game. Eighth goal, of course, unearned because it was empty netter by Kunin in with his ninth goal of the season. Um, Brad Hunt, finally, who'd been in a drought for like a month and a half, finally getting two points in this one, including a goal and an assist. So good for him. Uh, you're seeing positivity out of guys like Nico Sturm in all these games. You gotta like what he's able to do. He's got that physicality. He's got the nice passing skills. But a nice overall back-and-forth crazy wild game, literally. Again, no pun intended at the end of the day. But... Uh, entertaining hockey, I guess, if you like 8-5. to five. I mean, kind of frustrating <laughs> if you like to see some decent goaltending here and there. Kemper just got killed over and over and over. And uh, but and then Dubnik, of course, was a bit rusty. He could have been better. could have been worse. He did kind of save things, though, when it was a 6-5 to five game. Huge save on Taylor Hall. That ended up kind of saving the day, like literally. I mean, he was it was a sprawling save by Devin Dubnik. And, whew, saved the Wilds' bacon there. In the game where, again, Dubnik looked pretty rusty. And it was against a pretty talented team on the road. Camper versus Doomrick. Pretty entertaining stuff. Kemper definitely not getting the last laugh in this one. Again, not only not only beat by Suter, but injured on the play. Not sure what's going to happen. He might be out for a bit. Looked like a knee injury there for Darcy Kemper. As he was not getting up. Kind of scary situation there. Again, 8-5 to five win for Minnesota. Entertaining, especially in the form of, well, it's nice to see Minnesota score, but it's like he just knew it. Somehow, magically, they'd have used them all up. In one game. And yep, they used up to two games worth of goals in one game, I guess. Even in some cases, three games worth of goals. As Winnipeg would shut out the Minnesota Wild and get six goals. Patrick Liney making things look so easy. A couple of nice wristers that were so quick. The release on his shot was so quick. It was almost like there's nothing still i could do. And Hellebuck had a hell of a game. Yeah, I know. That's cute. 31 saves. 31 attempts, so to speak. He was shut. He was uh, ro- uh, rolling in the shutout. Dumba had an okay game, obviously aggressive with the shots on goal. He did get the blocks, good for him. But generally speaking, it was a mess of a game when it came to the Minnesota Wild. Anthony Boteto has reemerged, of course, of the Winnipeg Jets. As I remember, he wound up on the club in the offseason. And he's uh, having a decent year for the Winnipeg Jets. Nothing crazy, but good for him that he's uh, getting things going in the right direction. Blake Wheeler with the goal and an assist. He starts off tying. Kovalchuk for the Thrasher's slash Jets uh, all-time leading scorer, and then ends up taking it on Patrick Laney's second uh, wrister, that ended up foiling Alex Stalock. a beautiful play at the end of the day, a beautiful beautiful play, Blake Wheeler getting his 20th assist of the year, and now he's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Thrasher's Atlanta Thrasher's slash Winnipeg Jets organization, good for him um the Ellers goal was the one that frustrated a lot of people. Alex Staylock, you never see him really look pissed off at his teammates. And this one he was. Uh you want to think at first Spurgeon, and then you like really sit down and analyze it. As Spurgeon had the puck, kinda of lost the puck. Next thing you know, the puck is yeah, the puck. He's unable to keep up. <clears throat> down this on the stretch, Jim Morrissey, Kyle Connor moving the puck forward, ultimately getting it to Ellers, and uh It's just nobody could keep up there, but you can't really blame Spurgeon because the way Stahl just kind of nonchalantly just kind of slid forward, didn't turn around, and once you know, he just kind of, he did not get back on the play a little bit, Stahl, and it was too late for our friend, it was way too late for Spurgeon and Studer. Spurgeon was basically left out to dry. Suter was left out to dry. Nobody was getting back, just in case you know. Spurgeon lost the puck because there's always a possibility you're going to get poke. poke. It's going to be a poke check, and you're going to lose it. The next thing you know, Suter's completely left out to dry. Spurgeon can't keep up. Stahl is just way back in Timbuktu, and Ellers is able to get the fourth goal of the game, which pretty much was a dagger in a lot of ways. A three-goal game, you never know. There's a small chance you might come back in it. Odds were not in our favor. But there's a chance for nothing, it's kind of like, whatever. Especially early in the third period, it was just like, screw it, we're done. Especially a nonchalant, lazy play by Stahl, which frustrated a lot of people. He's the leading scorer on the team, but defensively, sometimes he can leave you kind of like, ugh, because he's just nonchalant sometimes. He did not get back in position whatsoever, did not get back in the play. The next thing you know, Eric Stahl, extremely frustrated, slashing the puck out of the net and throwing his arms up a little bit, like, what was that? basically. Frustrating play. It wasn't a good play by Spurgeon either, necessarily, but Stahl was completely unprepared, along with others on that one. No back check whatsoever. Anthony Botato winds up getting his fourth assist of the season. He couldn't get a single point with Minnesota last year on Logan Shaw's second goal of the season. 6 nothing. Winnipeg Jets. Ouch. So, there you go. As we move forward to play the Calgary Flames with Devin Dubnyk back in net as we head off into the Christmas break. And just a brief, uh, briefly backtrack. Arizona game was, of course, on Thursday, the nineteenth of December, and the Winnipeg game Saturday, the twenty-first of December. Now we go to the twenty-third with the Calgary Flames, three 0 game overall in favor of Minnesota. First shutout of the year for Devin Dubnick. First shutout in quite a while for Minnesota. <laughs> Devin Dubnick faced twenty-two shots. The Wild outshot. Calgary pretty strongly most of the game, especially in the first period. Cam Talbot actually kept the Wilds in check. He did a pretty good job, generally speaking. You look at his numbers, he actually only gave up two goals at the end of the day. Uh, Again, empty netter by Eric Stahl at the end. About 94% save percentage for Cam Talbot. Actually, very strong game. So you're kind of concerned at the same time, like thinking, oh boy, boy, if we give up some goals, we're in trouble. But luckily, Minnesota definitely had the energy throughout this game, Uh, and that, Cunning, Greenway, Sturm, Donato, Fiala, all of them played fantastic in this game. They factored in both of the goals, but I mean, Cunning, he could have had a hat trick in this game easily. I mean, the energy he played with throughout the entire night, he looked he looked like a first-round pick in this game. He did get his ninth goal of the year. Multiple good feeds from Greenway, Sturm. Uh, Fiala, uh, Fiala had a nice feed to and Xanak. It was a beauty. Uh, nice forecheck by Fiala. Uh, Yule and eck ultimately gets it to Donato, then to Fiala, who just, like, kind of like Zucker and Granlin, Granlin-Zucker from behind the net, and then the quick one-time release in the slot there. Beautiful play by, uh, Yule, the low slot there, uh, eck three, three goals on the season. You've got to think there's more to come for Jule, uh, Jule Eriksonek. I've I got to hope so. It's like you're thinking, yeah, he never scores, this and that, and he does so many little things. There's no way he'll ever not be on the NHL roster as long as he's healthy. That's how valuable Eric Eriksonek is defensively at this point. He, if, if he's frustrating the hell out of people, he must be an incredible defensive player, and he And you've got to think there's going to be more points to follow at some point. And when you play with guys like Donato and Kevin Hull, I mean, there's something going on. Fiala is becoming a wonderful player. He really is. Uh, the more and more you sit down and analyze what Paul Fenton did with per, with the players last year, see, it's one thing what he did with people like reporters and and other members of the front office and such, with the you know analytics department and all that crap. The way he just kind of literally gutted the place, which is just a little bit just a little bit too much and overreacting every little time <laughs> every little time something came out to the media, Michael Russo, whatever, ultimately blaming this person, blaming that person, when it could have been from the other side. Like a trade rumor involving this guy and this guy. Well, maybe it was the agent for the other player on the other team. I mean, there is a lot of that going on. It's not just, you know, somebody inside the organization all the time. Uh, But, I mean, (laughs) the Kevin Fiala move is starting to look pretty smart. Like a pretty good move. It's starting to look pretty good. Uh, Donato for Charlie Coyle doesn't look like a bad move because... You know, Coyle was a factor in the postseason for Boston last year. Sure he was. He was solid. But the guy never scores for anything. Uh, never. Like, every time you think, oh, he's 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 there he is. This is his role. And then it's just he never scores for nothing. It's like it's just not there with him. Um, does Donato a star? No. But he's got some potential. He's got some potential that's still very much there. And he's significantly younger. Of course, the Rask thing had to do with a little bit of money, a little bit of saving money one less year and less you know, and about a million less on the contract, million and a half less on the contract. You know, and he plays an important position called the center. So duh. Uh, <laughs> so it's just the way it is in that sense. Not a great move, but is not exactly doing a whole lot for uh, Carolina this year, who they're doing just fine despite the fact he's not doing that well. That's the thing. Carolina's really good. Obviously their goal differential is outstanding. It's crazy to think they're only the eighth seed with as good as they are. That's how tough the Eastern Conference is right now, the basically from 1 through 8, or 1 through 10, you could even say. But uh, Fiala, you can just see the potential oozing from him. And Jewel Erickson, that continues to be wonderful. Uh, Jordan Greenway, nice feed to cunning ultimately finally burying it. Again, cunning could have had a hat-trick in this game. I'm glad he was able to get an assist on Eric Stahl's 14th goal of the year, which was a nice, quick release. Right off the boards there. Right, bouncing right off the boards. Bouncing puck. Uh, there was a goal disallowed. At first they thought it was goalie interference on Ryan, but it actually was kicked in. That's what it was. Derek Ryan of Calgary. So Calgary did score, but they didn't score. That type of thing. <laughs> Derek Ryan. Yeah, I mean it was ultimately kicked in. It looked to me like goalie interference. It could have gone either way. I mean, you could have called it either thing, but ultimately kicking in is the easiest way to say no goal on that one. Um because, yeah, I mean, duh, that's just how it goes. Calgary, hard to believe to see them getting shut out with all this talent on their roster, but hey, great job by Dubnik, and unbelievable puck possession by the Minnesota Wild throughout this game. Opportunity after opportunity. The Wild were clearly the better team, pretty much right out of the get-go. Hopefully Minnesota can carry that into the, the game with Colorado coming up here Friday night. Looking forward to that on the 27th. Colorado's the top-scoring team in the NHL. We'll talk about them in segment number two, but... uh Overall, an entertaining week of hockey. Again, love the way the Wild played against the Calgary Flames. I mean, and it's nice to see it's mostly the young guys here. It, it really is. I mean, okay, Stahl got an empty netter, but other than that, Jule Erickson, Kevin Fiala, Ryan Donato, Luke Cunnan, Jordan Greenway, Nico Sturm, and then Brodine's kind of in the middle of age. Young, young middle, you could say. He got his 15th assist already. That's good. Jonas brodeen has been piling up the assist. He's having maybe a career year because not only is he getting points, but he's getting, you know, he's he's just playing phenomenal, defense. Super high IQ hockey. Love what Jonas Protein has been doing. Maybe the first week or two of the season he wasn't so good, but ever since then he's been great. Cunning is continuing to get more and more comfortable in his skin in the National Hockey League. He's looking like a legitimate NHLer that will, again, never play in the AHL again unless it's a rehab stint or something. And I hope he doesn't need one of those at any time soon, or ever again. Ho- hopefully he just stays healthy forever, <laughs> which, of course, can be wishful thinking in the NHL. Same thing for Juul Erickson X, same thing for Greenway, I mean, and Kevin Fiala, Donato. I, every one of those guys is looking like legitimate NHL players. That's why you hear people like Judd Zolged and, and others who are saying, you know, this is a legitimate group of guys here. They're not the Edmonton Oilers. They're not the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, the uh, the early 90s Penguins or the 80s Oilers. They're not, they're not a group of superstars but they're good players, and it's a good sign when these guys are the reason you're winning games, and now you're seeing some of the older veterans like Ryan Studer Zach Parisi deferring a bit. Eric Stahl. Not just saying, hey, I'm I'm the leader here. I'm the guy who should be taking control here of this uh, this play, of the, of the goals, this and that. I should be the one getting the most minutes. Now they're starting to defer a little bit. They're okay with it because they are getting a little older, and it's nice to see the pressure coming off now. Uh, of course, when Studer and Parisi first got here, they were basically the kind of they were about the age group of like, you know, the Nino Nita writer, Charlie Coyle, Jonas Burdeen type of guys. But now they're significantly older. They're in their mid thirties. And you see guys like Nico Sturm and such taking a little bit of pressure off them. And Sturm obviously isn't a full time NHLer yet. Hopefully very soon. He's definitely a full time AHLer at the very least. But um no, I mean guys like Conn, there's no way. There's no way you're gonna see Luke Connin go back to the AHL again. Um God willing. God willing. Uh, Kevin Fiala obviously looks more and more like a legitimate piece on an NHL team. A top six forward. He looks like a legitimate top six forward in the, in the NHL. He's not just somebody who's, uh, you know, here and there. there. There's a potential. It's like a lottery ticket, like I called him earlier in the year. And I kind of I kind of apologize for that one. Uh, but the frustration was there. I wasn't the only person saying that kind of thing. So the frustration was there. The way he started out the season this year wasn't so great. And the way the whole, his whole run pretty much last year, with the exception of a two-goal game against Nashville, of all teams. Um, Luke Cunningham, or excuse me, Kevin Fiala was nothing to brag about last year, but now you're starting to see what uh, Mr. Paul Fenton was seeing in some of these moves. The only real dumb move of the year was claiming Anthony batato I mean, you should have just maybe signed him as a free agent in the off season in the summer, and then go from there. There was a chance, it's not like it's not like he's this big time game breaker and you had a pretty full defensive core and you messed everything up. And I said poor Nick Steeler, he's still struggling at the same time. At some point he's got to suck it up and get better. And it's, it's too bad for Nick Steeler. Um, Kevin, uh, Mr. Seussie, he definitely sucked it up, uh, last year. And, and look at him now. He has just been unbelievable. Carson Seussie, uh, again, he, he's been piling up the points generally speaking this season. And Good for him because you know he'd been kind of like a, a upper teens, kind of you know, brodeen type numbers, maybe even less like scandela type numbers in the AHL. So you figure, what's he going to score in the NHL? You know, like 18 to 20 points, that type of thing in the AHL. What's he going to score in the NHL? Well, maybe the same thing or even higher. We'll see. Because Susie does show some offensive potential, and he's, he's a legitimate defenseman in the NHL because not only is he In the NHL, he's he's on the second pairing, not the third. That's how good he's been. And Dumba's been dropped down to the third pairing. Pretty crazy stuff. Dumba's been dropped down to the third pairing. That's how rough it's been for him. The, the lack of offense. And again, his defense is mediocre at times. He, he gambles. He takes chances. And I don't know. Gambling's not worth it, especially in the NHL. You gamble, you're out of position, and you get embarrassed. That type of stuff. That's kind of what's been the problem with uh, Marquette, most of his career defensively it's just he would make up for it with 45, 50 point seasons and now he looks like he's on pace for 20 points or something so that's where some major frustrations coming in he's on the third bearing right now he actually had the least minutes against the Calgary Flames and that was again the team he played. He got injured against last year with Mr. Tachuk Matthew Tachuk and him kind of going at it and ultimately that pectoral muscle was torn in that fight scary situation to say the least. 3-0 Minnesota, though. Mike Madonna award for this past week. Boy. uh, (laughs) It's Devin Dubnik. I I, I don't know. It's tough. It could go all over the place. I kind of want to give it to Conant. I love the way he played against the uh, Calgary Flames. I really do. Um, He was so good. Uh, Again, it felt like he was going to get a hat-trick in that game. The, The geek line's been split up here and there because of injuries. That's where the frustration comes in. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Stall factors in the scoring, and then you get the frustration on the other end on occasion. Hartman had a good week. Zuccarello had a good week. Foligno had a really good week. He had three points against the Arizona uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. No, the Arizona, <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. It's funny. how uh, Cunning only had one goal against Arizona when other guys had, you know, three points. Stahl had three. Parisi had two assists. Zuccarello, three points. Foligno, three points for Marcus Foligno. Isn't that crazy? Red Hunt had two uh, points, a goal and an assist for the first time in forever. Susie, again, that was a really pretty assist, actually, at the end of the day. <sighs> Fiala's at 21 points on the year. Cunning. I, I want to give it to Cunnan. I just love the way he played this week. Aggressive, obviously, like he always is. But then he was just amazing in that Calgary game. Just kind of set the tone early and got, got a lot of people encouraged with the way he's been playing. And, of course, his role's increased with the loss of Zucker at the moment. Uh, I've loved the way Luke cunning has been playing gorilla as well. He's just been fantastic. I mean, you could go on forever with how well some of the guys played this past week. The uh, James James Shepard Memorial. I, I don't know. Just kind of like that. Overall, that Winnipeg game, there was not a whole lot of energy in that game. A lot of people were stunned. How, how do you follow up an 8-5 to five demolition of a pretty good team and then get demolished by another decent team? in the Winnipeg Jets. It's not going to go to uh, Alex Daylock. It's not. It's not like he was perfect. He was sharp in net. But, I mean, there was some crappy play uh, in this game. There really was. Up and down the lineup. It's just this overall game. I mean, there's nobody I really want to trash, necessarily, on the Minnesota Wild. Generally speaking, it's just been an overall frustration. It's funny. He's got the exact same look in his eyes as he did in the last couple of years. Anthony Botano, that's funny. Four assists on the season. <laughs> Anthony potato I don't know why I'm looking at him now, um. But I don't know, and it, it was an overall. I I I just think that game, just in general, the defense by everybody. I mean, just the forward defense was was really lame. I don't. It'll. I'll give it like a. Uh, and, I mean, the fact that Eric Stoll's factored in some of the scoring, but again, the way he handled that play, the for the back check, he just kind of like slept walked on that one. I had a lot of people frustrated. And it wasn't just him. It was kind of a group of guys there. Uh, very frustrating. A very lackadaisical game against the Winnipeg Jets. I do need to make other, one other note, too, is just Nico Sturm. It's very encouraging, also, what he's able to do. I mean, you're seeing a skill set out of Nico Sturm that can keep him in the NHL for many years. Obviously, the physicality, strong on the puck. He's able to win battles. He's a pretty damn good skater. I mean, he gets around guys... He's a damn good skater, good puck handler, and again, his passing skills are very much there. They're very evident. He's going to be capable of picking up some points throughout the course of his career. Uh, He's at two now, just getting things going here in just a couple games, uh, four games. So he's at like a half point a game, basically, which isn't bad to start out his career. I got to think there's something there with Nico Sturm. He could be a 40, 50-point guy, I think, as he heads further and further into his career. There is something there. And again, he was picking up the numbers in the AHL before he wound up uh, in the NHL. Again, he had a little bit of a back issue last time he was called up. He was, uh, so, or last time we thought he was going to get called, I basically got sent back down and kind of had to heal up a bit. But uh, I like the potential of Nico Sturm as well. But James Shepard in general, I got to give it to the, just that 6 nothing loss. I mean, there were so many bad plays in that game. So many moments where you thought the team was just kind of sleepwalking. Uh, it was extremely frustrating just lackadaisical. Winnipeg just outplayed the Wild the entire night and kicked their ass. And that's just all there is to say. With that said, we'll take a quick break. We're going to preview three games again as we head on forward. The Colorado Avalanche, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the New York Islanders, but New York will be before that. Colorado on national TV tomorrow night. New York Islanders Sunday evening after the Vikings. Hopefully finish eleven and five over the Bears. We'll see what happens at that. Doesn't matter if they win or lose that game. They'll play whoever they're going to play with the six seed. They're six seed if they like it or not, basically. And the Wild will be playing the uh, you know <laughs> one of the better scoring teams in the league with decent, adequate defense, mediocre, but a new coaching staff now, or at least a new coach per se. You're not going to have Mike Babcock frustrating those players anymore. We'll see what Toronto can do now with their new uh, situation there. Wrapping it up on New Year's Eve in XL Energy Center like we do every year. XL Energy Center, it's a tradition. New Year's Eve, Toronto Maple Leafs this time. The Wild's history on New Year's Eve has been pretty weak. We'll see if the Wild can defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs in that one. We'll talk about that next segment. (laughs) Back here on Brave the Wild segment number two. Got a preview of three games, look at the prospects, and uh, give some shout outs. And here you go Minnesota Wild will play playing the Colorado Avalanche and NBC Sports. NBC Sports, Channel 68 here in Golden Valley, at least the western suburbs of Minneapolis, 27th of December the Lanch the top scoring team in the league, 134 goals for. One other major thing at note, though, the Minnesota Wild are one of the top teams in scoring in the NHL since early November too, so pretty spectacular. It's the goaltending or slash goals against. I would say the defense in front of the goal needs to go along with the goaltending. It's not been so good. It's crazy. If you could put two things together, Minnesota's actually become a pretty good scoring team. Colorado's the best, though. The best, and thanks to a guy like Nathan McKinnon, who's got 55 points on the season. He's only a plus three, though, which is kind of Weird. Uh, Kale Makar as well, though. He is uh, obviously a phenom from UMass last year. 28 points. And, of course, a top five pick of the Lance very recently. 28 points on the season. He looks like the next Brent Burns. He looks like the next Larry Murphy. He looks like the next Paul Coffey. Whatever you want to call him. He is off to a spectacular start to his career. He looked like he was ready to go last year, also in the postseason. And he was. But now he's really ready to go. Plus 10 on the season. 8 goals, 20 assists. He's everything you wish Dumba could be right now and it's just not happening. Miko Ratnan has missed a significant amount of time but he's still getting over a point a game. He would be the number two leading scorer on this roster if not for losing time. But I mean, even Kale Maker, though, he's missed what, eight games on the season? He's only at 29 games and 28 points, so he's on course to being really something like a 70-point guy. Brent Burns, Paul Coffey, that, that kind of good. That kind of good. I mean, he is off to an amazing start to his career. You don't want to get too crazy, too dramatic, but Amazing start. Uh, Nazim Kadri also doing pretty well. Twelve goals on the season. Definitely factoring in in the middle six there for the Colorado Avalanche. Overall, a dangerous team. A team that's been a pain in the ass for the Wild over the years. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm with my, uh have <laughs> been struggling a bit with uh, the way I can, the way I can breathe lately. I apologize. So I'm trying to hang in there. Colorado Avalanche certainly look like a, a a deadly foe. Minnesota so far with Colorado has split during the course of this season. That's one thing we got to talk about when you compare the two teams. That kind of a rotten start to the year between these two. Uh, Colorado all over the Wild in a five to two win. Minnesota more recently three to two as They try to get further and further caught up again. This one will be in Pepsi Center 4 2 win by Colorado. I thought it was 5 2, but 4 2 win on October the 5th, back when the wild weren't beating anybody. And then November 21st, when things were starting to change a bit, Minnesota 3 2 win over the Lanch. Now you got to call it. Now you got to go to Pepsi Center again on the 27th. Head back to Excel Energy Center for two games. That's good. Feb 9 and March 23rd. So Minnesota. Dominating home ice in this series, sort of three to two. It's not really dominating, but it kind of is what it is. There, Colorado is only two and three in their last five. Interesting, very, very interesting. When you sit and analyze that, hard to believe actually. At the end of the day, well, they lost to the St. Louis Blues five to two. That's again division rival, and they're in first place, legitimate first place in the Central. Chicago, they beat the Blackhawks four to one in in Chicago. They, get, they lose to uh, Carolina at home. They lose to Chicago at home. Hmm. That, that's division for you. And then they go to Vegas. Do the Colorado Avalanche went seven to three demolition, uh, a demolition in Vegas. There, crazy seven to three win over a Vegas team that's been a bit up and down during the course of the season. Minnesota usually doesn't play very well in Colorado. We usually tend to have more success here, but not always. I mean, Colorado's a dangerous team. Rue Bowers had some good moments for sure. He's been the main goalie, obviously, but you've seen Fran Cruz uh, show up, and actually, he's been fantastic. 2.22 goals against 93 save percentage. No shutouts at all for the Blackhawks. This, or I just called them the Blackhawks, the avalanche this season. They're closer to the Blackhawks right now to what the Blackhawks used to be, that's for sure. Uh, Grubauer, 21 and... Uh, nope, he's, he's 10 and 8 on the air in only 21 games. That's weird. Fran Cruz has been uh, in 16 games overall. He started 14. And a couple of stars for their minor leaguer goalies during the course of the season. Those games didn't go super well for the for the uh, Avalanche. Grubauer is definitely down from last year. He was downright outstanding last season, two point eight six goals against average on the season, and again no shutouts of any kind for the Avalanche. Hopefully they don't get one in this game. I think Colorado's going to win something other likes a four to two again, four to three, five to three. The Wild will get some goals, but I think the Avalanche are just going to be a little bit better. Dubnyk will probably be back in net again but I don't want to see him getting like seven, eight games in a row. you you got to cut that crap out. We don't want to go back to riding Dubnik nonstop again like we have over the years. Now, this year he's seen so much time away from ice that it won't hurt him as much, but I'm sure it's going to catch up regardless if he's going to get like every game. Don't ever put him in a back-to-back again, back-to-back games. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I want to see more and more out of Staylock, and even if it comes to it, if Staylock is very disappointing... Call up Kakinen and give him a shot. I mean, it is what it is there. But I do think Colorado wins the game at the end of the day. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota, should he keep riding his hot streak? Should it be uh, <laughs> Luke Cunning? Are we going to keep riding the hot streak, get to 10 goals in the season? I'm going to go with that. Luke Cunning's going to score his 10th goal of the season against the Colorado Avalanche. But unfortunately, I do believe the uh, Avalanche win the game 4-2, to 5-3, to something like that. But like a two-goal type of victory for the Colorado Avalanche this could end up being a really tough week, ultimately. I mean, if you're going to win, I mean, it would be amazing if the Wild could beat the Colorado Avalanche. But the game coming up that I don't think the Wilds are going to win, I just don't. Not the way things have been with this team the last couple of years. It's been a really tough go. Uh, they've transformed into a defensive juggernaut. The New York Islanders, second place in the Metropolitan Division, 23-9-3 on the season, way beyond what Minnesota is at this point. Simon Var- Varlamov has, has had his moments... He's a former Colorado Avalanche goaltender. He's been a lot better in this system. And Thomas Grice, the German goalie, has been fantastic like he was the last couple of years. Consistency is what is the name of the game with the New York Islanders. It has been really something. Now these two teams, it's just home and away because it's Eastern Conference. December the 29th, that Sunday in the afternoon, in their late afternoon at 5 p.m., right a little around supper time, And then March 31st, Minnesota will uh, head to New York. This one is at home for the Wild. Hopefully, the, hopefully Minnesota can take care of business against this team, but they're a completely different team than they've been, and they really put the clamps on the Wild most recently. Uh, Colorado's not playing as well. I think the Wild have a chance to beat them, so there's a hope there. This team, I don't like the matchup at all. I mean, this team has just owned us the last year, at least since uh, the the coaching change, and, of course, again, the former uh, Washington Capitals coach take it over. He's just been unbelievable ever since, and you're seeing better defense, you're seeing everything with this club. Anders Lee, of course, re-signed in the offseason, the Minnesota native, Brock Nelson, another familiar name, has been super valuable for the uh, New York Islanders. It's good goaltending, it's good, strong defense, it's consistency, and there's a reason why there's consistency, too, with this team. I mean, only one shutout all season, and they're, again, number one in the league in goals against. So, as in, in a positive, yeah, the positive side of goals against yeah. So, I mean, it's a very steady, solid high IQ team out there. Uh, Jordan Eberle has definitely had a down season with injuries and such. He's way down there, only 3 goals on the season, but obviously still an ever valuable guy. Anders Lee is a lot of guy is a guy a lot of people respect throughout the National Hockey League. He doesn't score the points of like a guy I want to give 7-8 million a year, but again, he's got that presence in the locker room. He's got that presence on the ice. That's why a lot of people love him so much. Matthew Barzal is the guy. Matt Matthew Barzal is the guy overall leading the club in goals and assists on the season. He's a plus 12. Awesome year for him. And The New York Islanders, 32 total points. Almost a point a game for him. And at only 75 shots on goal. Pretty crazy. His shooting percentage, pardon me, 21.3. He's been freaking amazing for the uh, New York Islanders. Again, only 75 shots on goal compared to other players out there. He just puts the puck in net. A former Minnesota Wild player many years ago now. Cal Clutterbuck, only seven points on the season. He's pretty much down to the fourth line now for the New York. The New York Islanders, who no longer play in uh, the island. I wish they did again, because that's so cool. Washington's still significantly ahead, but the Isles have three, three games in hand with the Washington Capitals, so they could easily catch them. Uh, so I, I kind of hope they do. I, I like the Islanders. I do. Uh, I'm not going to be shy about that. I like the Islanders. It's not like they're my favorite team. The Wild are obviously, but I like what they're doing. Uh, I'm very impressed, and it'd be cool to see that once promising franchise, once uh, you know, that once promising franchise come back to their glory days again, like they did for that time in the early '80s. They were really amazing. Actually, it was them and the Oilers in the '80s. And uh, well, it is what it is. Certainly a more defensive team than that team was. That team was a juggernaut back in the old days, and a couple of former Islanders joined the Penguins many years later uh, when they won the Cup in the early 90s, about 10 years later. So I don't think the Wild beat the Islanders. I don't. Uh, again, they've not played yet this year. Who knows what can happen? Love the way the Wild are playing, generally speaking. We're actually scoring goals now, which is cool. Goaltending's inconsistent. I expect a low-scoring game, 2-1 to type of situation with the Isles winning. The only guy that'll score for Minnesota... We'll be, I think it's going to be Zach Parisi. I'm I'm looking at a veteran here. Zach Parisi, Eric Stahl, I'll go with Parisi. He's been the most consistent goal scorer with Minnesota, again, after a crappy start, because everybody had a crappy start with this team during the course of the season. But I do think the New York Islanders are just going to shut us down again like they always do. I mean, they have been unbelievable ever since Barry Cross has just done an unbelievable job for the New York Islanders. And, well, you know, and they were already kind of good, but now you're seeing them clamp down as they were giving up so many goals before they still had a beat in the wild. I remember that during the season. It's been a frustrating run with this team for years now. Last year, they just shut us down 2-1 to one in both games, basically. one nothing, 2-1 to one type games. Not a whole lot of scoring, but there was a lot of fighting, a lot of uh, back and forth, and a lot of good goaltending. The German goalie, Thomas Grace does a hell of a job, so does on Varlamov, so again, Minnesota does not win that one, that's 0-2, and Minnesota's history on, <laughs> boy, I don't know, <laughs> Minnesota's history on New Year's Eve has not been promising, but I can't pick the Wild to go 0-3, um, Toronto's certainly been playing better hockey, even the Islanders are only 2-3 recently, which is kind of crazy, Toronto I've got a sneaky feeling Minnesota actually wins this one out of the 3 which is weird. I think the Wild can get it done. Uh so far Toronto has beaten the Wild 4 to 2 this year but that was back in October when things were not so good. The Wild played actually really well in that game just couldn't finish for some stinking reason and Toronto was just better. The goaltending was not good because it wasn't good against anybody at the beginning at the beginning of the season. I got a feeling the Wild end up splitting with the Toronto Maple Leafs even though they've been playing insane hockey lately. That's the thing. I might end up having to pick the Colorado win or the Wild go 0 three cuz Toronto has been playing absolutely insane lately. It's scary. They've won all of their last five games. 4 to 1 win over the Edmonton Oilers, 5 to 3 win versus Buffalo, 6 to 3 in the New York Rangers house, 4 to 1 win over the hapless uh, rebuilding Detroit Red Wings and an 8 to 6 back and forth crazy battle most recently on the 23rd, with Carolina. What an outstanding team both of them are at this point. Uh, Toronto has moved up to second place in the Atlantic division. Frederick Anderson has had some moments. Frederick Anderson, I've yeah, got to love that name, their third in the league in goals scored, They're 23rd in goals against, power plays ninth, penalty kills 26th, so <sighs> there's going to be some goals in this game. I don't think it's going to be 4-2, to it might be 5-3, might be 4-4, four to four, going into a shootout. I got a feeling it's going to come to something crazy like that. 4-4, four to 3-3 four, three to three shootout type of situation. Hutchinson's been awful. Uh, Anderson's been solid, but just solid. Kind of average. Kind of like Dubnik last year. 2.64 goals against average. Save percentage, 9, 91.6. Only one shutout. Again, kind of just average. You know, running the mill. It's just the fact that Toronto dominates the puck a lot. And they've been outsta- outstanding ever since Mike Babcock was let go. The talent on this club is well noted. Even have veterans like Jason Spezza still hanging around. Tyson Berry, a young, solid defenseman. Uh, William Nylander, a lot of people wanted him but too expensive. John Tavares, of course, the former Islanders star. Number one overall pick. And Austin Matthews is one of the top players in the league. 24 goals in the season. 43 total points. He's a plus 14 for Le Toronto. No, they're, they're not French. Le Toronto, may believe. Toronto's kind of everything. A little bit of everything in Toronto. Um, Obviously an outstanding team with a great future, blah, blah, blah. Mike Babcock couldn't win jack with this club. We'll see what happens now with the new regime. In this case with uh, Sheldon Keefe leading the way for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Mitchell Warner, obviously a guy who piles up points like you wouldn't believe. He's got 35 points in only 27 games. He's missed 11 games on the season. Just piles up points. Marner. I keep calling him Warner because it looks like it, but it's Marner. I don't know why I keep saying that. I apologize. Mitchell Ma- Mitchell Marner has just been freaking awesome the last few years as well. Another young guy who's just got, it's just oozing talent. I mean, w- when is Toronto finally going to break loose? When are they finally going to break loose and start really going on a playoff run? Go to the East Finals, go to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, Toronto hasn't been to the Stanley Cup final since, what, the 60s? So it's a long time. You know, they last won their cup in like, what, 65? It's been unbelievable how long it's been since Toronto's had major success. Montreal last won the last won the Cup in 93. They've been invisible ever since, for the most part. Of course, some good years with Carey Price, but never amounted to a whole lot when it came to the postseason at the end of the day. I mean, guys get paid for what they do in the postseason. At least you'd hope so. Austin Matthews, what an awesome uh, season he's had. Obviously, again, frustrations with Mike Babcock, but it's been a completely different vibe now. It just looks like Babcock was overrated and very, very much disliked throughout Toronto and even Detroit over the years. So Babcock's kind of on the outside looking in. We'll see what happens. He'll probably resurface as somebody at some point because, you know, I mean, he still has had a good record throughout his career, but uh, I got exposed a bit in Toronto. I think the Wild will win this game. I I don't know why, but I think the Wild and Toronto's streak, if the streak is still going at this stage, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to go with that right now. I am going to go with that. Uh, as crazy as that might sound, Toronto has just been crazy, crazy good. Ever since the 14th with Edmonton, they lost 4-2 to two to the uh, Calgary Flames after beating St. Louis, wow, and Vancouver before that. They have just been nuts. Uh, only three losses all month of December. They will be playing the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers back-to-back, and then a couple of days off to play the Wild. But I have a feeling, I have a sneaky feeling the Wild are going to come out firing and somehow win the game. I am going to go with that. My predictions may be way off and it doesn't matter. I'm not telling you to bet money on anything. This is just It's just a radio show. This is just a radio show. I don't have to be perfect on all my predictions. I just got a feeling that's the way it's going to go. The Wild never beat Colorado. The Wild never beat the New York Islanders, but maybe they'll win 2-1. to one. Who knows? Maybe Dubnik will stand on his head or Alex Stalak will stand on his head. But uh, I think Toronto... I think the Wild beat Toronto somehow, some way. As weird as this might sound, as weird as it sounds, I just got a feeling the Wild are going to have one of those onslaught type of games, four or five goals, and the Wild end up beating Toronto five to three, something like that. Most likely guy to score against the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to be Kevin Fiala. Kevin Fiala is going to be a a, a big factor in that game. I expect maybe even a multi-goal game. Certainly multiple points for Kevin Fiala in a five to three game. I think Kevin Fiala will be a huge factor. And Minnesota somehow, way, defeats the Toronto Maple Leafs on New Year's Eve. Won't that be something? Be pretty cool. But that's where I'm standing at the end of the day. Now, let's look at the prospects. And, as per usual, we will start with the Iowa Wild. And the guy that has been standing out nicely. He could fit right in with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now with how well he's been playing. Yeah right. I'm just kidding. Will Bitten though. My goodness, my goodness. Five points in the last two games. Eight points in the last five. He has just been unbelievable. Uh, Will Bitten. Will Bitten. Will Bitten. It is Will Bitten. I keep saying it backwards and forth. Again acquired for uh, Gustav Olofsson about a year and a half ago now. I'm trying to remember. Was this a Fenton trade? I think it was. I think this was another Fenton trade, if I remember correctly. Nope nope, nope it it wasn't it was still it was still Chuck Fletcher, nice acquisition will bitten he's been uh wonderful nope, it was it it was Paul Fenton, wow, I keep going back and forth on that one, but no will bitten another solid addition to Minnesota's organization the past couple of years he was a plus three the other night on the twentieth back to back games Minnesota beat the uh grand Rapids Griffins in Iowa. Back-to-back games. Minnesota ends up winning both of them. Nice. because or Iowa, excuse me. They've struggled for so long, but they're getting better now. They've got better goaltending. We'll put it at that. Obviously, you've got Cabo Kakanen back in that. Matt Robson has struggled so much down there. And after an amazing start to the season, and Derek Barbo going back down to the uh, Allen Americans has also actually had a really damn good season. We'll look at them in a minute, too. I haven't been looking at the Allen Americans a whole lot, and I apologize. There's some interesting... Happenings in Allen, especially Tyler Sheehy. My goodness, I mean he should get a crack at the AHL again pretty soon. But uh, Will Bitten, Will Bitten, he has been unbelievable thus far with the uh, Iowa Wild, uh, especially the past couple of weeks. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov got his fifth goal of the season. He's now on six or at six, part of me at a point a game overall in twelve games. Good for him, I guess. Again, Kabukakan and picking up a couple wins recently, ten and two on the season. Good for him. Uh Robson, still, I mean, he, he's, he's down to under three goals a game again after he'd been so good, and then he struggled so mightily after that. It was kind of heartbreaking. Keck in an outstanding 28-26 type of situation on Friday, Saturday. Bitten was unbelievable down the stretch. I mean, he has just been awesome. Multi-point games, he has just been awesome. He's now at seven goals in the season. Brennan Metal picked up one point since going down to the uh, back back down to the Iowa Wild at the end of the day. And yes, Kakanen was in that for both of those games, giving up uh, only five total goals in two games, two two and a half goals against that, which is right, right about where he is. Kakanen, good uh, kind of stabilizing things in Iowa of late. Good for him. Let's look at the Allen Americans quick. As unfortunately, juniors in college, it's pretty much shut down of late. So, that's unfortunate. Allen Americans thus far. Tyler Sheehy is just dominating. Almost two points a game. 14 goals, 26 assists. Again, the former gopher, Tyler Sheehy. 40 points in 29 games. He has been unbelievable. Oh, yeah, the defenseman acquired last year, Falkovsky. He's at 16 points. So, that's where he is at this stage. Jack Sadik. After a very slow start, he's now at 11 points. He's been picking up the numbers the past few games. And uh, Allen Americans are one of the best teams in the AHL right now. They've got a great record. They've been out outstanding. Thus far, only five losses and two ties, or four ties on the year to go against 22 wins. So, very strong season for the Allen Americans. That's, of course, Allen Texas. Sokolov played in a couple games down there earlier in the season. But, uh, wow, <clears throat> pardon me. Nice to see Tyler Sheehy just dominating the uh, ECHL thus far. He's only 23 years old, so he's still got a chance to reach the ultimate dream of the NHL. Jack Sadick, Nick Boca. Boca's missed a lot of games, unfortunately. He's now missed 10 games in the season. Injury, of course. Six assists in those games. But Jack Sadick has certainly picked it up nicely. The uh, Lakeville native, which is also the hometown of Neil the thing God rest his soul. Miss him so much. The former uh, co-host of this show off and on. Uh, Turner Odenbrecht, who was who's acquired... Uh, and has picked it up a bit of late in Allen. He's got 10 points in only 13 games, 9 assists. He's been outstanding, actually, and he's only 22 years of age. Who knows? Maybe, maybe Unbright will pick it up. He's been kind of with Iowa and uh, Allen the past few weeks, but uh, definitely kind of one of those borderline guys who could be in the AHL, and I do definitely think Sheehy can be. And I hope Seda uh, can get there at some point, too. It's just the coverage are kind of full right now when it comes to defensemen in the AHL, that's what's kind of holding Sadik back, but nice to see him picking up the points like he was with the Golden Gophers, not too long ago, and Jack Sadik, don't look now, he's a plus 14 on the season, that's outstanding, uh, outstanding for him, good for him, uh, plus 14 on the season, t- tied with Turner Odenbright for the team lead, Audenbright's only played in 13 games, but he's been great, and obviously Allen's been playing pretty well of late, nice to see, it's good to look at, uh, Allen Americans, because there are some significant players down there, former Gophers and such, especially Sadik, who was an actual draft pick, so kind of significant. Unfortunately, things have been quiet in the college rankings because it's mostly been, you know, Christmas slash winter break. You're finally getting some numbers coming out with Philip Johansson, as that had been super quiet. He's been in 18 games, 3 points so far, almost at last season's point total in 47 games, only 4 points all year last year in a minus 10. For his Swedish team there, but now three points and he's a minus five for the Swedish Hockey League. Last year was Swedish one, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, boy, uh, Philip Johansson. Well, we'll see. He he has a lot of intangibles. He doesn't score much, just here and there, bits and pieces. He's got a career high in goals too, so that's uh, that's a start in the right direction, I guess. Sam Henches has dominated for the. Not as good uh, St. Cloud, State Huskies, but 21 points. Already a career high for the sophomore for St. Cloud. Been outstanding. And, and Connor DeWeer keeps kind of chipping in points for Iowa. He's now at six with the Iowa Wild in 20 games. He's been kind of chipping in here and there. They're picking it up a late. Bryce Misley stuck at one point all season. He's just been invisible. Very sad, very disappointing for him. But uh, guys like Sadik, Sokolov, Bitten, they've been really good for Iowa. And, of course, a lot of the juniors and college have been real quiet. So I'm going to kind of have to step away there as they're kind of stuck at the certain points that they've been at. Again, uh, Alexander Kovanov at exactly two points a game right now, 26 games, 20 goals, 53 total points, plus 27. He has been absolutely ridiculous. And I can't wait to see a guy who's under 20 years old dominating the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And that's what you want. I mean, you want him to dominate. You don't want him to get over a point. You want him to get two points or something like that a game, and then you got you got something legitimate there, possibly with Kovanov. It could be maybe a number one center for the Wild someday, along with Kirill Kupreishvili. Wouldn't that be amazing? Kupreishvili to his left. That'd be freaking cool if that ended up being the case. Man, man, man. <laughs> I would. I'd love to see that. Love to see those guys working together and becoming a, a great team someday. Coppers off 32 points to 35 games. Again, one of the best players. And one of the top prospects on the planet out there for NHL prospects. Outstanding run for him. Going to give shout-outs to people. First of all, at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account for Brave the Wild. I want to thank Vinrock Vince Germano out of Australia for retweeting the show. He often does, and I can't thank him enough. Thank you so much, Vince Germano, for continuing to do that. I do believe Tony Brown has uh, retweeted it as well a couple times. I think he did this past week. I'm not seeing it at the second for some reason. I did see Vince Germano's, though. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. It's weird because there's so many other tweets that pop up, which can be kind of a pain. Tweets that aren't like mentioning you. They just pop out. Uh... What the heck? I have no idea. <laughs> Let's just leave that alone, but thank you for those of you that have retweeted the show. Thank you again, Vin Rock, Vince Romano, for doing that. Um, Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild dot Minnesota. That's the Facebook page. Also, how about the, uh, also how about uh, Minnesota Wild Global and, of course, MNW Prospects. It is MNW Prospects. It used to be MNW Players, and I kept saying it wrong back and forth. MW prospects will recover everything from, again, the analytical Americans all the way up to the Minnesota Wild. Again, like a Nick Boca, a Tyler Sheehy, all the way up to Luke Cunning and Jordan Greenway in the Minnesota Wild. We talked about everybody. Young prospects, veterans, everything. But, of course, the prospects is the number one focus. We like to keep up with guys like Kirill wheel Will and guys like that. Bitten's had a wonderful week for Iowa. Sokolov's picked it up, blah, 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 blah. Demetrius Sokolov, still only 21 years old, so you never know. A lot of people frustrated with his defense and his skating, of course. That's what's been holding him back. You know, sometimes there was, for a while, there are like him being in shape, his conditioning, and constant, ongoing battle with him. But still 21, so you never know. But uh, at least he's capable of some offensive hockey out there, some some goal scoring, so to speak. He has been doing that at the very least. Uh, but no, we keep up with everything. Uh, Pavel Bennett, Justin Back, Merrick Skybaugh, thank you guys so much for keeping up with uh, the prospects and such and having me be a part of things as an admin and uh, giving you a shout out and talking about the same prospects right here on, on Brave the Wild and mentioning your page to everybody, encouraging so many people to join. A lot of people have joined, and it's an awesome page. I recommend it 100,000% for you to join that and have conversations as well on there about the prospects. Of course, uh, Minnesota Wild Global, wonderful, wonderful page as well. Scott Cavendish started that thing out. You got a lot of guys like Chance Kostick, David Kostick, uh, Chad Walski, some just amazing people. <sighs> got so many good people on there. Uh can't recommend it enough for you to join that page, in-game threads, curse at this have fun with that uh, try not to badmouth the team too much, they'll get upset, I'm sure <laughs> but I uh, don't blame you if you get frustrated with a 6 nothing loss with the Winnipeg Jets that was garbage, I mean the fans booed the team and it is what it is, you're gonna boo a team when they lose 6 nothing I'm sorry you're gonna get booed, 6 nothing is garbage, people pay money, they wanna watch a good game of hockey and you get crushed like that, it's no fun, no fun whatsoever, with that said Hopefully Minnesota can get the job done. Unfortunately, I have them going one and two this upcoming week because it's a tough matchup. All of them are tough. I mean, Toronto's tough. New York Islanders are really tough, and of course, Colorado is one of the best teams in the league right now. So, I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. There, I, I can't get too excited about playing them at this stage, but I think Minnesota wins at least one of the three. Maybe we get three out of six points. We'll see what happens. We'll kind of hold our own, so to speak as hopefully the schedule will lighten up a bit as we head into January. We'll talk about that on the next week's show. Wishing all of you a happy new year. Hopefully the Minnesota Wild can uh, help you kind of uh, get off to a good start in terms of your New Year's Eve evening, per se, as you're waiting for the ball to drop after the game. Hopefully you're celebrating a Minnesota Wild victory. Stay safe. Stay responsible. Use common sense. Be smart. And enjoy. You know, God bless America. God bless uh, God bless. 2019, it's been a nice decade covering this show, (laughs) covering the Minnesota Wild, the entire decade of the 2010s. The entire decade of the 2010s. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Yeah, the entire decade. Yep, 2010 to 2019, I'm still doing it. And, of course, I started back in 2008. Uh, It's been a nice run. We'll keep it going. This is, now I'll be entering my third decade covering the Minnesota Wild, as weird as that sounds. It's really weird. A third decade, of course, of, you know, uh... If you're counting the uh, regular 2000s and the teens and such, but uh, this is my 13th season covering Brave the Wild. It's been an amazing run, an amazing, an amazing run, without a doubt. So, uh hope all of you enjoy yourself. Hope you're uh, hope the Wild can keep up some winning ways here, can actually maybe go two and one, keep scoring goals, get some stronger goaltending, play more sound defense, more focused on the back check and all that. And uh, hopefully, things can improve there i encourage you to join the uh, phone line, so to speak, by uh, using your smart device, audio submission, <laughs> via audio submission. Use your freeze voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Simply click on it, click record, talk, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email it to live at yahoo.com, live at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to and Converto.com those websites provide a free service to me, so I'm more than happy to give them a free plug. So, giving that out to you, along with uh, if you could please possibly write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, whatever you call it, it'd be greatly appreciated if you could do that, a nice five-star rating, tell us what you like about the show, even what you'd like improved, God forbid, it would be pretty awesome. Uh, Thank you again, if you could do that, I'll give you a shout-out and mention you on air, unless you specifically don't want, want me to, but Eh, it's not like it's that big of a deal. It's no privacy issue there, I'd have to say. Wishing all of you a safe and happy New Year. Hope you had a safe and happy Christmas. God bless all of you, and we will talk to you in a week as the Minnesota Wild hopefully end 2019 with a W.